sports yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. At Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. And our friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do. There's always room. For more movie friends. So sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Welcome. 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 To the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I'm joined by Sif Pop writer Caleb. What's up, everybody? Caleb, coming back on the show. I think this is your third time, right? Uh, I guess technically fourth. I did the, like pre-King Kong vs. Godzilla episode, and then I did right. we did a little special one right after the movie, like a reaction one. So if you count that, then fourth. Yeah, so like you've done three and a half. All right. Yeah, three um, and a half, sure. Cool. Uh, yeah, so he's been on the show several times. We write for SifPop.com, providing you with movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie-related articles. So make sure you check out the website, SifPop.com, to keep up with all of that. Uh, we were gone last week um, because I had, had no throat, so it's hard to podcast when you have no throat. Uh, but we're back this week, and uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about uh, two movies that are coming out this week, um, G.I. Joe, Snake Eyes, and Old. Uh, and then we'll be um, uh, talking about some TV, just kind of catching up. It's been, I think, two months since you were on last, and so... Oh, well, you were not on a TV episode this last time, because it was... The no, it is... The first episode I did on uh, this show was a TV episode, but that had to have been over a year ago, I think. I think I just remember you. You were talking about the F one TV series, and yes, like I think as your spinoff. So I think I was just thinking it was, mm-hmm. but yeah. So we'll do we'll do some TV catch up. We'll kind of play play the catch up game on what we've been watching. We'll do a B plot, um, best ever TV or not best ever um, TV series that we wish were movies instead for any number of reasons. Uh, that'll be fun, and then we'll do a spinoff, quick recommend or warn from each one of us. Uh, but first, as always, let's get a chance to um, know our writer this week. Um, Caleb, you've been on the show a couple times, so like we've gotten a chance to ask you some of the questions. I thought this might be a fun one. Um, what is your favorite Star Wars movie? Oh, man. Um, well, I- I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but growing up in my generation, I have a soft spot for the prequels. I understand they're flawed. But I was also for him. Episode three is probably my favorite, just because it's the best of the prequels. It mixes some new with the old, um, and uh, I'm a sucker for a good lightsaber fight and the the lava the lava scene with Obi Wan and Anakin. You can't really beat that one. So that one's probably my favorite. That one's my favorite. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's not a bad pick at all. You're not alone, um, and and I think there's a lot of people that like, especially like our age that like grew up with the prequels, I think that have a soft spot for them and uh, and are willing to forgive some things. And I, th- I think that the internet culture is currently like, well, they're not the sequels bad, so I guess they must yeah. be okay. And I feel like in in 10 years, people are going to be like, oh, well, these new movies aren't as, aren't as, uh, you know, aren't, I, I feel like they're going to do the same thing in, in 10 years. People are going to be like, well, they're, they're okay, but they're not as good as the sequels. And like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just yeah. waiting for that day that the in- this is this is my answer. I'm just waiting for the day that the internet just finally realizes and understands that the Last Jedi is is the my, is the best Star Wars movie. Like 
Probably not on a technical the, standpoint. The like, best Star Wars movie ever? Oh, no. Look, probably not on a, like, on a technical standpoint, right? Like, probably on a technical standpoint, you know, maybe maybe Force Awakens or, I mean, Empire Strikes Back, uh, like, for its time, was revolutionary. Um, but there's definitely, I think if, if they started from scratch, they would make a couple of technical changes. Um, you know, so, like, it's, it's hard to argue... Um, that it's necessarily they best made, but I, I, I love everything that the movie says. Um, so it's it's my favorite. So gotcha. I'll uh, I'll get some hate for that, but it's fine. People can just be wrong. In twenty years, everybody's gonna agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> People just need time to distance themselves. But uh, anyway, um, cool. So um, now that we uh, have divided half the audience and made most people hate us <laughs> uh this is a this one i thought would be a fun question how do you decide when you're interested in seeing in watching a movie like how do you decide what you're gonna watch like whether you're gonna watch something new or something old and like how do you, how do you pick right because like there's a million options yeah well i think one important thing for me and this uh, this may sound kind of bad but it's like how willing am i to be fully focused and fully engaged in the, on this movie because there's some, and also, like, how much time am I going to have? Yeah. Like, do I know for a fact I'll have enough time to sit down and watch this full thing? And if that's the case and I know that I'm ready to, like, actually focus on the movie, then I'll typically sit and try to find, like, a, a movie I haven't seen, whether it's new or old. I'll, and then that typically just goes down to availability and what I've what I've put on my watch list on different uh, streaming platforms to kind of whichever one I'm I'm on at that time I'll find one there. But if I'm not confident in my ability to like sit and be fully enthralled in a movie for two hours, or if I I think I might have to go run an errand or might have plans later um, and I won't be able to finish it, then I'll typically put on like a, a movie that I've seen before. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's. To me, it's like kind of like you were saying, based off of time. If I, it's just how much time am I willing to commit to something right now is going to decide whether I do TV or or a movie. Um, and then um, and then kind of based off of that, then I, I I use Letterboxd and like for everything at this point. So any movie that like I'm interested in seeing, regardless if I have access to it right now or not, like goes on my watch list. And so mm -hmm. I just like scroll through my watch list and just kind of pick things that jump out at me. And if there's one thing that really sticks with me, then I just go for it. And if not, then I take the rest and I put them in a, in a deciding app. Um, and it's like, all right, well, whatever the app says, like is what I'll watch. Cause I got like three or four options here that I really like. Although typically, typically as soon as I hit the button and it starts like a, a spinning wheel, typically I, uh, I know exactly like which one I want it to land on. And so I just kind of take that as like a gut instinct. Like, you know, if I pick, I don't know. Let, let's just say Star Wars, since we've already talked about it. If I if I'm like I'm not sure if I want to watch Revenge of the Sith or Empire Strikes Back or Last Jedi, um, then I'll put them in the app and I'll hit decide for me. And then usually my gut will be like, oh, I really hope it lands on Revenge of the Sith. And so I'll be like, all right. So I'm like I'm watching Revenge of the Sith. Like it doesn't matter what the what the app says. So um, yeah, unless, unless I don't have that feeling. Yeah, and then I'm. The type of person I also like, I have a big watch list on IMDb, actually. Mm -hmm. I didn't bring it over to Letterboxd because it's gotten so massive. I just didn't want to go yeah. through that again. But I, but then I keep a smaller watch list in my notes app on my phone of like 15 or 20 movies that like I'll just keep seeing or keep getting reminded of that I've been meaning to watch. And I keep that list. So then 
if I see one of those movies on a streaming service, I will kind of jump at that and be like, oh, I need to watch that. It's actually available. Sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's a good way to do it too. Just like have, have your short list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, and then I just – you know, you feel really proud of yourself once you once you knock um, a movie off the shortlist. I just knocked another one off a couple of days ago. Nice. Yeah, it's it's one of those that like I don't think I could do that because my shortlist changes so often. Like it, this episode's still coming out in July, and like we're doing the um the, like Barnes and Noble is still having the fifty percent off Criterion sale, and so mm-hmm. I I think I picked up like eight new movies on Criterion, and like a couple of them I've seen before, so they're not like you know, I need to watch right now or a couple of them like I've seen recently. Um, so like, they're not like, I really want to get around to this, but um, like all of those movies right now would be on my short list, but a week ago, none of them would have been And yeah. a week from now. Not all of them are going to be. So um, my, my short list would just change far too frequently. So interesting. So, and you would rather watch uh you would rather watch a, something you haven't seen before over something you have. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I get in different like kind of kicks or like I'll be like determined to watch a new movie whenever I sit down and I'll go through like three months span of that. And then there's other times where I go back in the movies I've bought or stuff like that. And I'll so like this weekend, I just had some free time and I just blocked out some time just to relax on my own. And I watched a couple movies that I had already seen, but I hadn't watched in forever. Just just to remind myself whether or not they were good. Cool. All right. Well, then I have one more question for you, not related to movies, uh, just before we move on. And uh, we are in the month of July. Um, We just celebrated a a pretty big, one of the major holidays. I want to know, what is your least favorite holiday? Least favorite holiday? I'm not a huge Halloween person. I just never, never never really got it. I, I I don't know. I just never really got it. Um, I, I just don't go out of my way to celebrate it really either. Um, so I'd probably say that one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, it's interesting. I I think I like the spirit of Halloween and all that, but like, I don't necessarily like, yeah, know that I care about the holiday now that I'm not a kid anymore. Yeah. Like at this point, I just invite a bunch of, a couple friends to sit in my driveway with a bonfire and have some beers, but we could do that any day. Like, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, look, I, I think this is one of two answers for me. It's either Valentine's Day or Fourth of July. Um, I think I'm going to go with Valentine's Day, and and, and here's the here's why. I think I don't like Fourth um, of July more, but I think Fourth of July means something. Like it is worth celebrating the birth of our nation. Um, it is worth celebrating the ideals of like what America should be and all that, um, and like where we came from, and like learning from the past and all that. It should be all these things. Um, but, like, I just – I'm not a huge fireworks fan and, like, I'm a dog owner and, like, I understand there's a lot of people that are, like, terrorized, but whether it's, like, you know, like PTSD in a person or, like, just in general dogs. Like, you know, I just don't really get it. But, like, I think that that holiday means something, but I don't know that Valentine's Day means anything. Like, it's a holiday that people just use that ex- as an excuse to be big and bold for their loved one uh, once a year, but it's, like – shouldn't we be doing that more than once a year? Yeah. And then it just gets frustrating because if you really just decide you want to go out to eat that night or something like that, like it's, it's booked like always. Mm-hmm. So like, Everything. it's just, Everything's it's, like, booked. it's just unnecessarily frustrating. Um, so, and like, you know, luckily my wife feels the same way. We're just, we're just kind of like, 
yeah, we're not, we don't really do Valentine's Day. So um, it's like, a, like maybe I'll still buy her flowers or something like that. But and then, but I'll buy them like a week earlier, a week later, or something. And be like, Happy Valentine's Day, and she's like, Oh, cool, thanks. So uh, it's just like seems pointless, you know? Yeah, no, I totally get it. that. Was probably second on my list. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's first on my list just because doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, let's get down. Uh, let's talk about some movies. These two movies coming out this week that are worth talking about. We got uh, GI Joe Origins, Snake Eyes, and we got Old, the new M Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, Caleb, which one do you want to start with? Um, we can start with Old if you want. Sure. Let's start with Old. Uh, this is a new M Night Shyamalan film. Uh, a thriller about a family on a tropical holiday who discovered that the secluded beach where they are relaxing for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives into a single day. Um, looks like this is based off a graphic novel um, called Sandcastle, um, which I didn't know, but that's an interesting uh, interesting thing, because normally Shyamalan just does like original stuff, except for mm-hmm. Avatar The Last Airbender, but we don't talk about that. Yeah, um, we, don't need to, we don't need to go into that one. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah. Um, all right. So, Caleb, what are you thinking about this movie? Like, this is this is a theatrical exclusive, um, and like, you know, we're we're pretty much at the end of this COVID thing. You know, like, if you if you haven't yet, you know, please get vaccinated and all that, so we can officially be out of this. But like, we're we're to the point where I'm pretty sure we're not really worrying about uh, um, about COVID stuff in theaters anymore. At least I'm not. Um, so, like, although you know, it's just a regular day back at the theaters. Um, how excited are you about this movie? Are, would you go opening weekend, wait for a discount night, wait till you can rent it at home, wait till it's on the streaming service you already pay for, or are you just not interested in seeing this? So I'm interested by the premise of the movie, but I'm not a huge M. Night fan. Okay. I just That is very understandable. I just like feel like he makes a lot of like aggressively average stuff, and he just keeps getting all these chances. And I literally was like having a conversation with somebody the other day. I was like, what has he done to earn this many opportunities to, to like get this much hype? I feel like all his projects get hyped up. And then I haven't seen one that's like lived up to the hype. Um, so for that reason, I'm not like going opening weekend. I probably went wait to either rent it if I really wanted to watch like a movie that was in that similar genre. Or I'd wait till it's on a streaming service that I'm already subscribed to, so I, I just watch it by opportunity. Yeah, um, I I think I, I I don't have the same experience that you're talking about um, because for me, like Shyamalan is the perfect example of a director who either like he's a, either end of the spectrum. There is no middle ground. There is no okay Shyamalan film. He's either really good or really bad. Well, I guess like Split's kind of okay, but mm-hmm. like. He either makes great stuff or terrible stuff. You know, he either makes Unbreakable or The Happening. Um, he either makes, um, you know, the... Um, oh, gosh, what's the other one I really love by him? Um, I mean, I really love Glass. Uh, I realize the ending's kind of stupid. So, like, he or he either makes The Sixth Sense or he makes Avatar The Last Airbender. You know, so, like, I, I feel like there, is, there just is no middle ground with this guy. Um, you either have, you either love or hate whatever he does, you know, you get signs or after earth. Um, and so like, it's weird. Like, I feel like on that same, you know, knowing that about him, I feel like I have to be on one end of the spectrum for old. Like, I feel like it's not fair to just be right down the middle, but also like, I'm really excited about this movie. I'm going to go with opening weekend. Um, which is like 
maybe a shock. Uh, I think there is something so interesting about this movie, and I am dying to know what's going on. Um, the fact that it's not a Shyamalan original almost gives me a little bit more hope um, that he's not just going to be completely ridiculous and stupid and, you know, that this isn't going to be another The Happening where it's going to be a really interesting concept that just really, really falls flat. Um, the, ca- the the cast here looks terrific. Uh, lots of recognizable faces. Rufus Sewell in here, Thomas and McKenzie from Jojo Rabbit, Alex Wolf from Hereditary and the new Jumanji movies. Um, let's see. Lots of lots of people in here that uh, yeah. that are worth worth knowing. So, uh, what, what is she, uh, Eliza Scanlon? I've seen her in something. What have I seen? Wait, Eliza Scanlon's in it? Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, she was Sharp in Little Women. Little Women. Yeah. Yeah. Sharp objects, Little Women, Devil All the Time. Yeah, she's great. Um, anyway, so like lots of great people in this, and like it just looks super intriguing. Um, yeah, I'm 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 gonna see this opening weekend for sure. So, um, what are some other things about it that's kind of like either intriguing or hesitating? I mean, the storyline's intriguing for sure, and uh, the cast—you just listed out the cast. Um, I didn't even realize Eliza Scanlon was in it, but that makes me a little more excited. But I, obviously, you know, you see uh, Thomas and McKenzie, and um, was it Alex Wolf? Yeah, Alex Wolf. Yeah, I can't remember if it was Alex or Nat. Alex Wolf. Uh, you can see them in the trailer. I like both of them. Uh, so honestly, those are intriguing. I mean, my main my main like thing against it is just kind of like what I talk. I just haven't liked a M Night Shyamalan movie in several years. So that that was, is like the main thing that would keep me from from going opening week. And it's been a while since he's impressed me with a movie. See, and I was thinking about that too. And like he definitely had this slump where so like he got off to a big start with Unbreakable, Sixth Sense, um, Signs in the Village are are kind of polarizing. Um, but like, I think people can at least still recognize that he's doing good things here. And I think lady in the water is, I actually don't know how people feel about that, but like the happening and the last airbender and after earth, all just like back to back to back, like ruined all his reputation. And that is a rough stretch. Right. And like, and like, there was nothing in between that. There was nothing like, so I like, I just know like that ruined any goodwill that people had towards this guy. And then, um, and then the visit came out, and I didn't see it, but I know people were like pleasantly surprised by it. And then Split seemed to win a lot of people back, and then Glass kind of was pretty polarizing again. So like, I, I'm not sure that he's compl- that he's like redeemed himself or has like worked himself back into yeah. We should trust that Shyamalan knows what he's doing again. Uh, but like, you know, keep him on a relatively short leash, otherwise we're going to get the Last Airbender. Um, mm-hmm. So like I I just think he uh, I I think this might be the movie if if it's pulled off well if it's everything I think it's going to be this might be the movie that gets him back into oh that's right Shyamalan is good you know yeah no I I definitely see if this ends up working out and being good it could be kind of his comeback his uh, comeback story a little bit yeah all right um I have you want to play a fun game sure. All right, what do you think the ending is going to be? What do you think, like, the reason that these people are aging is going to be? I'm thinking if it – okay, if it's bad Shyamalan, then it's going to be, like, some sort of, like, Bermuda Triangle explanation. Like, they're in that region or something. Okay. If it's good Shyamalan, I have no clue. I'm expecting to get my mind uh, my mind blown a little bit. I'm expecting to not see the ending coming. But sure. I, I, I'm not for sure. I – 
I've been trying to figure out. And I was also thinking, like, what excuse are they going to – what reason are they going to have for them to not just leave the island? I, <laughs> like, I think I, I think it's, like, there's some sort of, like – I don't know. Like, they walk onto the beach, but, like, I don't know. We never see the way that they came back from. Okay. Because so. that was, like, the whole – during the trailer, I was just like, what? What? happened where they got to this island but they can't just leave the island yeah i'm not really sure it's it's interesting for sure um my all right my guess is we won't have an answer Hmm. that that they will in no way try to attempt maybe hint at but given that we're just dealing with the people that are there um i wonder if this is going to be probably one or two people escape and never have an answer for what happened I'd or nobody okay gets pushed and everybody dies. Like I'd be okay it, with that, with just not knowing. I mean that that seems like an easy way out, but I think that's an effective way out. I mean, and there's movies that have done that before, where they just, you know, the like you said, like the two characters that get to leave, they're just in shock. They just don't discuss it after that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I and look, and this is going to be either people would love or hate the ending. Um, this mm-hmm. is gonna, this, this would completely split people, and I feel like the ending to this movie or the the revelation is going to be whether or not people like this movie or not. Um, so like whether people think it's a good movie or not. And so I'm, I'm like, I think, I don't think that, I don't, I don't know that it's the best choice, but I think to me, it's a choice I'm excited. I would be excited about uh, because I'm okay with, yeah. Like you just need to understand that things happen and we don't need to tell you why, because we don't know why. And like, if, if you could just be upfront about that and tell it in an interesting way, like, I don't want it to be lazy, but I don't, I don't necessarily care if it's like, yeah, some things are just beyond our understanding. And it's like, okay, yeah, some things are beyond our understanding. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so my guess is I don't think we'll get an answer. So I'd definitely be okay with that. Sweet. Um, but I, I, I think, I think Bermuda Triangle, something like that might be, might be pretty plausible. Um, I don't know. I can't rationally think of any way that this would happen. Yeah. Like, no. Maybe the existence of magic, maybe the island is cursed by centuries old witches or something like that. I don't know. So uh, we'll find out here in, well, for me, a week. So um, cool. And then we got Snake Eyes also coming out. This is a, a new G.I. Joe Origins movie. Um, but gosh, I'm not sure if they're just going for a straight up reboot. Like and they're and then they're hoping that people come see this movie and then they can just do other GI Joe origins and then maybe just have a new have a new um, GI Joe universe. I guess I don't because I I don't think this is at all related to the GI Joe Rise of Cobra or Retaliation. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Um. But but what's interesting is I'm pretty sure this movie was announced right about the time that Retaliation was announced. So like it's been in production for a while. It's been in pre-production for a while. Yeah. Um. And honestly, I didn't. I don't think anybody ever thought this was going to come out because it's GI Joe isn't at least at least the movies aren't necessarily relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes sense that they're going for a reboot route, not a continuation route. Um, so what do you think? What do you think? Uh, same scale, opening weekend to never watch. How are you feeling about this movie? Okay, this one I think for me is actually opening weekend. And nice. So I have a soft spot for this genre of movie. Okay. Where it just seems like a kind of like a mindless spy slash action thriller. And I know it goes against so many of my movie watching and movie critiquing instincts, but I just can't help but love these type of movies. Like the Fast and Furiouses 
have like a soft mm-hmm. spot, soft spot for me. I, regardless of how crazy and just dumb they get, I will still sit down and watch them no matter what. And I feel like this seems like it might fall into the genre of that, just like kind of a mindless action movie. And I still have a soft spot for those. I still really enjoy those. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one too. I'm I'm not quite an opening weekend, but I'm I'm definitely like for discount night. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, there's there's a lot of things I think that go towards this and against this. Um, but like, ultimately, like if I want, if I'm going for a GI Joe Snake Eyes movie, I, I'm not necessarily concerned about the story. I'm not necessarily concerned about um, you know character development and things like that. I'm just kind of going to see Snake Eyes do some Snake Eyes things. You know, like you don't go to F9 expecting some intellectual thriller or anything like that. That's what I'm saying. People that people that criticize like the Fast and Furious movies, I'm like, I get it. But also they've made nine of these. We know where this is going. Like, we know, you know why you're showing up to watch the movie. You shouldn't be showing up to expect a super like intricate plot. That's like you'll have to pay attention to file. Like, no, I want to see like people do dumb things in fast cars and like, well, fight and stuff and that's kind of like the snake eyes like i don't know that it'll necessarily be like a super detailed plot and like a critically acclaimed movie but it looks like some of the action is going to be pretty sweet it looks pretty cool Mm -hmm. um and i'm willing to pay to sit down and watch it yeah i mean like yeah like i i don't do uh i i like most of the fast and furious movies we talked about this a couple weeks ago with frank i hated f9 um i think it's by far the worst one they've ever made um but, like, my expectations going into that movie, and Frank and I talked about this pretty much the whole time, was our expectations were the same. It just hit us differently because I was, you know, I was hoping for a fun movie and I didn't have any fun through it. I thought it tried to take itself way too seriously. But, that, like, because, like, that's the thing. At this point, you go into a Fast and Furious movie, like, if you expect Mission Impossible, they're going to be the worst things ever. Mm-hmm. But if you expect silly, dumb, fun, that, gets kind of creative at, at points and makes you laugh a few times along the way like it's an okay time mm-hmm. um so but so like i'm i'm just hoping i think i don't i'm not trying to say i think snake eyes is going to be as you know um i don't know like simple maybe as yeah, yeah. nine like or as, as fast and furious i don't think it's like i think it's going to have more substance to it um with the character and with with the story but that's not to say i think this is going to be a very heavy movie um, yeah, but I'm I'm here for it. And look, all you had to do is say starring Henry Golding, Samara Weaving, and Aiko Uwais, and I'm in. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was about to say I'm also excited for Henry Golding. You know, like when you're watching a movie or a TV show, and you can just kind of like see an actor or an actress, and you're like, I feel like they're gonna be like a lot bigger mm-hmm. in the next couple years. Henry Golding was that for me when I watched him in like uh, Simple Favor and Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, I was like, this guy is gonna like explode at some point, and I think this might be part of it. I don't know how big this movie will actually get. Kind of like you said, GI Joe isn't super like as relevant now, but I still think like this could be a big, big leaping point for his career. I think he's already starting to get more stuff. Obviously, he's already gotten a lot more famous, but I feel like he's gonna be a big star. You know what's crazy is he only has eleven acting credits, and three of them haven't even come out yet. Mm-hmm. Like. Well, and one of them is Fast Times at Ridgemont High Table Read, so it's not even a movie. Like, yeah, it's it, it's just crazy. He did uh, 
the Borneo incident and Gold Diggers, which I've never heard of either of those in my life. But yeah, he comes on the scene in Crazy Crazy Rich Asians, and you're right. I think everybody's like, oh yeah, this guy's gonna be something, and and, and yeah, Simple Favor. He's excellent in a Simple Favor, and then like mm-hmm. he's not the problem with Last Christmas. Last Christmas is a totally fine movie. Um, he's he's arguably the best part of it, and like I love his role in The Gentleman. It's like he's had a crazy good track record. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, um, it, it's interesting. I think everybody knew he was going to be a star, like, as soon as they saw him in Crazy Rich Asians. But, like, I didn't think we would get, like, this kind of a star. Because, like, a simple favor, he's got, like, an intimidating presence, but also kind of a loving, warm presence. Like, nothing about him screams physicality. And, like, I haven't seen Crazy Rich Asians, but, like, I've seen clips and whatnot. And, like, same thing. And, like, Last Christmas. And, like, even The Gentleman. Like, he doesn't really have much physicality to do. So, like, it seems odd that he's in the... Like, not odd. Like, I'm totally for him being in this role. But it's like, I, I expected him to be more, like, Oscar-winning actor. And, like, I just don't expect Oscar-winning actor for my G.I. Joe movie. But, like, I'm good with it. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, like I said, you, you throw Aiko Uesu is, you know, the star of the Raid movies. And those are two of my favorite action movies of all time. And Samara Weaving is probably the best part of Bill and Ted Face the Music and definitely the reason why Ready or Not works. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I think that about does it for me. Yeah, same here. Sweet. Well, um, both of these coming out theater exclusive um, this Friday. Um, so that would be uh, July... What day is this Friday? <laughs> 23. July 23. Um, I just haven't had to like look at a date in a while. Yeah. Uh, July twenty three. Both of these coming out on Friday. Both of these theatrical exclusives. Like, there's a good chance I might just pull a double feature on like Saturday or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like, or like I'll go to one Thursday night and one Friday night or something like that. My my wife said she'd be interested in seeing GI Joe with me, and uh, and she will not go see Old with me. But <laughs> I think I, I think I'm definitely gonna go see that one. Yeah, sometime this weekend. But um, yeah. Here we go. Well, let's move on to the SIF topic then. We'll talk about some stuff that's on TV. Um, we've already we've already done the whole, like, what subscriptions do we have thing. You've been on TV episodes a couple times now, so I yeah. think we're good. Um, catch us up. What are, what are some of the things that you've been watching since the last time you've been on? So you're kind of catching me at, like, a transition point. I've just finished, like, several TV shows just in a row. I just knocked them out. I've been watching several of them together, and then... I was just like, you know what? I need to like get these. I need to like pick one, finish it, then move to the next one and finish that. Um, so I just finished in the last like week and a half. I finished Harley Quinn animated series, mm-hmm. um, the newsroom, Mayor of East Town, and Happy Endings. Uh, all right, out of all of these, the only ones I the only one I haven't heard of is Happy Endings. What is this show? Happy Endings was like a sitcom in like the mid two thousands. Was on ABC. Um, it has a lot of like actors that you would recognize, like that you've seen them in other things, but you wouldn't necessarily know their names. Um, okay. The the biggest names in it were Elisha Cuthbert, mm-hmm. yeah, and, from uh, from Twenty Four, yeah, and uh, Damon Wayans Jr. from like New Girl and a couple other stuff, like Let's Be Cops. I don't know if you've seen any of those. A, we also got Eliza Coop in here. Yeah, and Adam Polly's in several things as well and so is casey wilson yeah so they're all um but it's just it's basically just like a a friends sitcom 
type thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it got canceled after three seasons. It was like a big, big thing when it got canceled recently. There was like a petition to bring it back. Um, but you know, that's like if we're like five or six years after it got canceled, so I don't think it it'll be brought back anytime soon. But um, yeah, no, the the three seasons that they made though are really good. I'm actually really surprised as I watched it. I was really surprised that it got canceled because. Like I said it's really well done. Hmm. Um, interesting. Yeah, I've never heard of the show. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Uh, it's super easy to binge. Like I said, um, yeah, it it's really just really well done. It's yeah, fun it looks, too. Looks like it's also on HBO Max. Okay, cool. So, and so I just wanted to point that anybody out that's for some reason doesn't have Netflix but has HBO Max. Yeah, which like you um, know. And then I I just started Atypical and Titans. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, let's 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 back up here a little bit. Um, you mentioned the Harley Quinn show, man. This is one of those like list of shames for me because like it's been on my queue since it came out. Like it's so good. It's I know. so I good. Need, I need anybody, anybody listening, go watch it right now. It's so good. There's three seasons out now. Uh, two. The third season is coming out later this year, I think. Okay. Well, I definitely am going to get around to season one and two, ideally before three comes out. So. And I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm so close to like, it will for sure be one of the next few things I watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mayor of East Town is, is also on my list. Um, yeah, that I, I know I sound like a broken record, but Mayor of East Town is phenomenal as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure Kate Winslet will come home with the Emmy, um, mm. but she's amazing. I, I didn't know that I needed Kate Winslet playing a small town detective in my life. Like I didn't know that that was something I needed to see, but it. It really was. She was, she was so good. Uh, yeah, that one was really good too. Yeah, uh, I, that's what I keep on hearing, and like I've heard like mixed reviews on like the first episode or two. But anybody that stuck with it past like says it's phenomenal. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, think, definitely. Is it only like six episodes? Uh, I think it was seven, seven okay. or eight. Um, but they're all about like forty-five minutes to an hour long. Um, I think they get a little. I think they get a little longer toward the end of the show. Like the last like three are closer to an hour, but yeah, no, it definitely starts off a little slow. There's a lot of buildup, but yeah, once you get into it, I was kind of like some people. Like I watched the first couple episodes, and I was like, oh, I think this is pretty good. Like I was mainly just watching for Kate Winslet because she's amazing. Even in the first yeah. couple episodes, like she's just carrying it. But it's kind of like the rest of her supporting cast kind of like woke up in like episode three and decided to show up to the party too. And mm-hmm. uh, you get Evan Peters. I think he doesn't come into like episode three and he's phenomenal in it as well. Um, and he kind of rejuvenates the show. And then you won't want to stop watching. I think I watched three through like seven or eight, whatever it was in like one day. Like I was just like, I couldn't stop watching it. Yeah. That's the kind of content I need in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and look, you mentioned Newsroom, and we can't just gloss over Newsroom. How good is the show? I I really enjoyed – I didn't love the first season. I enjoyed the second and third for sure. And, oh, interesting. And I think, I think the first is the best by far. But Really? Okay. Yeah. I think, I think there's something about it that is like it's because they're, they're taking news events in real time. Like they're taking the Deepwater Horizon crash and, and the the governor in Arizona that was shot outside a grocery store. Like they're they're taking real life news stories and putting. Whereas they start to, like they fabricate news stories, and so it just kind of like makes it feel less real in season two and three. Um, and but and like the consequences of season three are like crazy ridiculous and 
man, yeah. super intense and one of the best finales ever. Yeah, but also fina- one of okay. the shows that I want a revival season of so bad. I think, yeah, I think I mainly like the last several episodes of season three. The first several aren't aren't that great. Um, yeah, yeah. I think fair. I feel like season one. I feel like it didn't know what it was doing with several of the characters. Like I don't think Sorkin okay. knew. And I think season two, all the characters had like a direct, like a clear line of where they were going. And I, I thought it had the best of both worlds. It was like the better mix. I think season two was my favorite. Um, no, I definitely enjoyed it. I had some issues with it. And working in news, there's several inaccuracies that just like bothered me. But uh, overall, it was it was pretty solid. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Well, I mean, this show did come out like ten years ago, so I'm sure reporting has changed. Yeah, no, it was just like some of the some of the ways they conducted uh, the show and stuff. I was like, that definitely wouldn't happen. But I did enjoy. They used the same sort of system that I use in my job, so I thought that was cool. They like they like mention their news program, and then I'd be like, oh my gosh, I just used that today. Well, it's like it's also one of those things that like man, like a show that is so smart and clever, but that could make you cry at any minute and is like excellently like produced and all that like normally when we think of Sorkin stuff we think of like oh yeah the writing is excellent and like obviously the writing is excellent here but like the way that they specifically like with sound mixing like the most memorable moment of that whole show besides the opening scene right because the opening scene is an Mm all-timer maybe the best scene in television history um but there's a there's a moment where um it's it's the episode where the Arizona governor gets shot um and they're like breaking the news as it's happening and you can and they're like trying to decide like lots of people are reporting that she's been killed but we don't have official confirmation yet so do we say it or not and they're like not until we get official confirmation not until and like you could just feel the intensity in the room like if we are late to report this we lose like there's so much on the line here and, and like you feel super intense but meanwhile like cold place fix you is coming in and like it's just perfect it's mm-hmm. so it's so gripping it's so intense it's so electric i gosh man you're making me want to just sit down and watch the whole series again <laughs> so yeah um yeah and when dicer was on the show i think two three months ago we were talking about like movies tv shows we'd love to revive and both of our top answers were like newsroom would be incredible in 2021 so mm-hmm. especially like you know i would love it if sorkin did like picked it up kind of like where he left off the first season where it's like uh you know taking real events um, yeah you know that definitely was my favorite part of season one um was the real events i thought that was really 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 cool um it just helped it feel kind of grounded you know yeah yeah all right man and and how great of a character is is uh is jim oh my gosh he was my favorite yeah me too i, I mean and that's funny because because Jim is, uh, he does the job that I do. Just, I mean, obviously I'm at a much smaller station. Maybe one day, one day I'll be, I'll be at a station like that. But, uh, no, we have the same job. So he was like my favorite pretty early on. Once I like found out what job he was, I was like, oh my gosh, he's a senior producer too. He just like, I don't know. It's like, he, he lets his emotions get into it sometimes, but for the most part, he's pretty objective. And like, mm-hmm. he knows he he's, he's super confident and he knows like the best way to handle things and gosh, he just, he, he's great. And uh, yeah, he's just like super good at his job, but he's like the voice of reason 
a lot of times too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, yeah, I don't know, he's my favorite character on the show. Yeah. Same here. Um. Yeah, and also star-studded cast. Yeah, like, no, the Dev, cast like, is like Dev Patel amazing. casually in there. I was know? about to say, I literally like the first episode or two. I was like, "There's no like." Every time he came on the screen, I'm like, "There's no way Dev Patel's in this. There's no way they actually have Dev Patel, like a young Dev Patel." And I was like, "That's crazy." Well, and it's like you're looking through the cast and you're like, "Hold on, like, how did the show afford Jeff Daniels and Dev Patel and Allison Pill?" And, and then, like, the list just keeps going yeah, on and no, on. And, and, then, and then, Olivia like, Munn. And you know, you're I was like, about to say, like, I was watching, and then, like, episode four, Olivia Munn, Munn pops on the screen. And I was like, another one? They got another one of these yeah. people? Like, what? Yeah, and Emily Mortimer. Like, how, like mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, if this show were, were to be made today, the budget would be through the roof just on salaries. I'm sure, you know, because, like, Dev Patel at that point, I think all he had done was Slumdog Millionaire. But, like, yeah. he solidified himself as a force to be reckoned with by then. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, and you mentioned Atypical. Look, look, this is one of my favorite shows that I don't know many people talking about. Um, this the fourth season, like, is the final season, and it just dropped on Netflix. So it is, it is going to be the next. As soon as I finish uh, the show that I'm currently watching, um, I'm straight. I'm going to Atypical, and I'm going to binge that season four. Um, yeah, I this is one of my favorite shows. I just started season four to or yesterday. And now, have you? I feel like you've seen the other seasons bef- like before. Like you aren't just watching the whole series for the first time right now, right? No, 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 no. I uh, I watched them all kind of when they got released. Like I I was watching it back when they first released season three, and uh, so I watched like season three in like two days or something. Whenever they dropped that one, and so now that they they dropped season four on what Friday, I was like, alrighty, now I gotta watch season four. Yeah, somebody had told me, like, right after season one premiered that they were watching it, and they told me one or two of the jokes in the season because they were, like, trying to describe the show and, like, how awkward the, like, sex talk is um, mm-hmm. and, 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 like, how fascinated he is with penguins and how sometimes those two jokes inter- intersect. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe not jokes, but those two, like, moments intersect and in, a, in a hilarious manner because, like, Yo, I, I, the show is just like brilliant, and like I love the production behind the scenes. And you know, we were talking about uh, man, our first episode together, we were talking about Bill and Ted for the coming attraction. We've already talked about Samara Me- Weaving, and we've and we've got um, <coughs> Bill, Billy Lundy Payne. Is that her name? Bridget uh, Lundy Bridget. Payne, I think. Yeah, and like she is one of the best parts of the show too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, um, but like she's excellent. And she's also one of the best parts of Bill and Ted Facing Music. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh, she's great. And I love where her character has gone. And, like, I feel mostly for her character. Like, I feel like she's the person I, ident- I identify with. Because as somebody who's not on the spectrum, like, I can't identify with somebody who is. Although, like, I certainly, like, root for him. I certainly want him to, um, to, su- to like, to succeed. But there's just different lines of thinking that's, you know what autism is um and so but and like the parents like i just i sympathize i sympathize more with the dad but even then he's not like a super likable guy like with some of the decisions he makes mm-hmm. and like he's you know he's pretty relatable but like be, putting yourself in the daughter's footsteps and the sister's footsteps where where like you get to see her and she is having to like insert her opinion on like the way that life is around like she's gosh she's sneakily the star of the show 
Like it's yeah. definitely it's definitely focused on. Oh, and my, and my favorite character is the uh, the best friend. As well, uh, Zahid is my favorite character. Zahid, yeah, and he he was in he was in Escape Room, and he is like, oh, he's gonna play the um, the friend character in Dear Evan Hansen, and I was just like, this is this is perfect. Uh, I, I don't even remember the friend character's name, but um, it's it, perfect casting. And if you were like me, excited about this Dear Evan Hansen movie. Go watch Atypical, and seeing him in this role will make you more excited because he's one of my favorite TV characters of all time. Yeah, no, same. He's just like he just steals scenes like consistently, right? And, and I mean, it's, it's just like crazy. And like you were talking, Bridget Lindy Payne is kind of like the anchor of the show. I feel like like she's just always she just has like a like just feels grounded all the time. <laughs> Through both her acting and just the way her character is, I just feel like uh, she's kind of the anchor of the show. Mm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. This is uh, yeah, really happy you're talking about it because I was going to talk about it later, just since it's added to my queue because there's a new season out. Um, that and really good chance I'll have finished it by the next time I next time we record um, mm-hmm. for TV stuff. So yeah, um, cool. What else? Uh, you I see you got like you're like halfway through so. Let's just finish off your list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just finished season one of Broadchurch. It's mm-hmm. a uh, a British uh, crime show, and uh, and this one has been on my queue since like legitimately twenty seventeen. So I can season one is there's one thing wrong with it, but other than that, it's phenomenal. Yeah, there's just an overabundance of English countryside shots. I mean, there is like every every twenty minutes or so, maybe every fifteen. There's just about like a fifteen second pan up of some English countryside or mountain or beach or what have you of that, and then it goes back to the show. But like the show, and that gets a little annoying. But the show itself is phenomenal. Well, and there's three seasons of this, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, I've only seen. I just finished season one a couple days ago, but uh, season one was amazing. Yeah. This yeah, like I said, this has been on my queue since 2017, and like it's always just as I'm about to start watching it. Like, I just don't watch TV for a while. I'm just saddened. Um, and like the two leads being David Tennant and Olivia Coleman, like that should be enough to get anybody into anything, you know? So yeah, and then you got you throw in Jerry Whitaker as well, and yeah, yeah. All right, I, like I'm definitely gonna have to get to this show soon, but um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, yeah, what else you got? And then I'm watching Titans. I'm about to finish season one of Titans. Sweet. How is that? Um, depends on what you want from it. Um, I came in with very little expectations, and I've I've enjoyed it so far. Um, but I know there I have several friends that were bigger fans of the, of the DC comics than I was, and they were a little disappointed with the route they took with a couple of the characters. But like I said, I didn't really have any expectation for any of these characters so i've i've just been enjoying it so far yeah sweet um yeah i, I don't I'm, I'm just teetering on if i ever like realistically i probably won't get around to the show because like like there's just so many things to watch mm-hmm. and like at some point you have to be like not watching shows that are just like middling for you right like you know um, like I'm like I'm gonna talk about a show here in just a second that I was just like yeah I'm just not really loving it so gonna gonna stop so um, all right um, is that it for you you good uh, is this all for are we do I need to include the what I'm keeping up with on a week to week basis or is that later uh, we'll do that next 
All right. Then, yep, that's it for me. All right. So, um, I got at some point in the season, I just stopped watching this season of this of This Is Us. So I took one day and just sat down and finished the season. And I've got lots of ideas and lots of lots of theories on where I think the show is going. And man, it's it's ending next year, which feels crazy because it's like one like a show that you just like. It's one of the shows that has always give you given you like breadcrumbs on where they're going. And it's just like I feel like they have so many things to wrap up in one season. And I hope they don't Game of Thrones season eight it. But I trust. Uh, uh, I trust not Dan Hartman. Uh, Dan. Um, oh geez, what's his name? Fogel. Fogelman. I trust Fogelman enough. Um, I really liked. I really like this show. Still continually do. Um, let's see. Oh, here's the show that I was that uh, that I was talking about with Titans about just middling. Um, I started Modoc last month, like right when it came out, because I like Marvel. I think Pat Pat Oswalt was perfect casting. Lots of really amazing casting there, but this show's just not good. Um, I feel like I want to like it and I want to like like where it's going, but um, I stopped. I think after three episodes, uh, it's just. I think it just needs to find its stride, and it might be one of those that like gets good, like in season two or three, but. Um, Ah, I, I was just really let down by it, um, hmm. but I probably had too high of it, too high of expectations for a show about Modoc. Um, let's see. I've been, uh, gosh, um, I finished watching The Nevers. I think when I recorded last time, I still had one or two episodes left, um, so I made sure to put that on here. I think it could be wrong. Um, I really like this show. Um, they they had to cut their first season short because of COVID. They were gonna get, I think, eight episodes. Uh, or maybe 10 episodes, and then COVID... I think they were supposed to have 10 episodes, and then COVID happened in the middle of production, and so they just kind of did a season one, part one, and part two is going to premiere here in a couple months. Um, I think this show is... I liked it more. They do something really interesting with the last episode that I just... I'm, I'm still... A month later, I'm still just not sure I'm on board with, so... Um, but it's interesting. We, I've had some conversations in our Slack chats with some people because I feel like nobody's watching this show, and I'm definitely recommending it. I'm definitely saying check it okay. out. I'm just like it's on my it's on my list um, list of things that I want to watch. I just haven't gotten to that yet, and I wasn't sure because it was getting kind of mixed reviews. So I wasn't sure if I I should go ahead and watch it or not. I really like it. It just feels like the first five episodes are definitely one thing, and then season six is like. Yeah, it is this one thing, but also here's a twist. Mm-hmm. And it's a twist that like we can't go back from this anymore. Yeah. Um like it's almost like um all right, like did you ever see Fringe? No. Oh, dang it. That's going to be a bad example then. It, it's almost like Fringe Fringe does this thing uh and it's just the one show I'm thinking of right now, but like you know how like it, you know how when a show does something where like on its on its last season, like they do a time jump or something like that. Like Parks and Rec does a time jump in their last yeah. season, uh, things like that. It's like there's no going back from that. Like mm-hmm. it just isn't. Um, and you you have yeah, you've to committed. you've committed right. And they committed to a big revelation that completely changes the game six episodes in. And it's really intriguing. I'm just not sure if it's the show that I wanted. But uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, but I, I still, I'm still going to be here for sure for, for the episodes. I'll try to watch them in real time next time. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, and then there's one other show I have here, uh, that, 
Uh, I started watching Resident Alien because this one was way high on my queue, and I love this show. I'm six episodes in, and um, this show is everything I want it to be. Uh, it's not not it's like it's not quite like an amazing ten out of ten, but it's like a really enjoyable. Uh, I'm watching it on Hulu. It was from a Sci-Fi Channel. But have you heard of this show? I have heard of it. Um, so Alan Tudyk is a guy that like I just like think he's awesome and he's just good yeah. in everything. Actually. Like I mentioned the Harley Quinn show, he voices like six characters in that yeah, show. Yeah. And like, I'll be watching an episode and I'll be like, man, who's doing this voice? And then I go and look at the casting or whatever. And it's like, Alan Tudyk voices this character, slash this character, slash this character, slash this character. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, but yeah. And so I, I've definitely seen it. Um, and I've heard, I've heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah. It's, it's only 10 episodes. Um, and it's, the first episode has like funny moments, but the show definitely gets funnier as it goes on because I think like as Tudyk gets like more into the role, like, and I think he gets a little bit more like freedom. I would say, like, I feel like he's always had freedom, but there was like establish a baseline and then experiment with it. Like, so like I feel like he's he's really hitting his stride, um, and every episode just gets better and better and better. Um, so I love the show. Uh, and then I got four things that are, like, currently airing. So we can make this transition. Uh, let's talk about Loki. Uh, now, but let's talk about Loki. I, ha- I, ha- I haven't seen the last two episodes yet because I've been busy. What? Um, oh, I, I was out of town. I know. Man, I was out of town, so I haven't seen episode five or six. I know the premise of five because I saw the post credit scene of four. Um, but I don't know anything about the finale. And, like, you know, in general, for people listening, we shouldn't spoil the show anyway. But, like... Gosh, um, it's 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 burning because like I've literally been traveling. I've been gone all week, and so uh, for like the last two weeks, so I haven't been able haven't been able to to see it, and it's just like burning a hole in me. So, um, but I'm really liking this show. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed Loki a lot. I really really enjoyed this show a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Um, where does this land like in comparison to the other Marvel shows? Well, that's actually like my my TV hot take is that this is the best TV show Marvel's done so far. Okay. Like of this new of this new phase, I'd rank it in front of uh, WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier. Okay. Um, okay. So having not seen the last two episodes, which I believe is to be understood that they're they're the best episodes, probably. Yeah. I. I well, uh, I still think. Episode two of the Loki series is one of my favorite episodes of TV I've watched this year. Mm, okay. It's, it's kind of like, I don't know if you remember much episode two, but it's basically like after all the introductions, it's like his first episode where he's like working with the TVA. Yeah. And that's where he and, finds out about the, like where the Loki variant has been hiding and how the Loki variant has been hiding. Yeah. I just found yeah. that episode so good between like the music that was used in different scenes and everything in between Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston's like chemistry together was like really great. Um, but yeah, I'd say along with the episode two, these last two are t- probably the, maybe the two best in the series. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely gonna check it out. I look. I I think that people are, from what I've seen, lots of people love it. Um, it. I don't know anybody that hates the show or doesn't like the show. It's always just either middling or amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And uh, I think I'm, I'm definitely higher on this show than I was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, but to me, WandaVision still takes the cake. Uh, and we'll see when I see the last two episodes. I just think me, the biggest thing for Loki is that I think the finale pays off so much better than WandaVision's did. Yeah, I mean, if there is one negative to say about WandaVision, it's that the finale kind of fell into formula and was pretty anticlimactic and tonally different from the rest of the show. But I think those first, however many episodes there were in WandaVision, I think there was nine total. I think those first eight episodes were just brilliant and doing groundbreaking, interesting work. Like, they really felt more like a therapy session than a... Mm-hmm. Than anything else, like I, I was so fascinated by that, and um, no, I. But then w- the episodes that were kind of light and fluffy, like those first two episodes, like they could have just been sitcoms and had no, no substance I... to them at all, and I would have loved it. No, that's my biggest thing is I love the sitcom stuff, even like episode four and five when it's like mo- more modern sitcom style, but with more kind of like you said therapy and more character development. I loved it. I just like. It fell so flat, I feel like, once it got away from that formula. Like, it kind of teetered, like, the last episode or two outside of this, like, the the original formula. It, like, teetered and we're still pretty good. And then the finale fell so, like, it fell right into place with what Marvel usually does. And I was so excited for them to be doing different things. And uh, so I was really disappointed in the finale for WandaVision. I think that kind of soured me on the show a little bit. Um, but I still love... I still love the first like six, six or seven episodes or however long, however many they were. Well, and it's one of those things that like, you know, you have to land your finale. Otherwise all people are going to remember is your finale. And like, yeah, WandaVision's weakest point of the series was its finale. Although it had some amazing moments and some amazing lines, like, you know, the vision versus vision dialogue and all that was like incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the ship, the ship of Theseus stuff. Um, but like, People aren't really talking about that anymore because it's just like, oh, yeah, the Wanda versus Agatha fight was kind of just okay. Um, Yeah, I just felt like they didn't know. Like, I was like, why break from that formula if you don't know, like, what exactly or where exactly you're going to go with it once you do? And it felt kind of like they weren't for sure on what they wanted to do once they got out of that formula. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to finish up Loki tonight. Whenever my wife gets home, we're going to sit down and watch the last two episodes. Uh, And I'm excited for it. Um, also, I'm definitely behind, but I have been watching the Bad Batch. And I really like this show. If you're if you're a Star Wars fan, especially especially of like the prequel stuff, man, Bad Batch is some good stuff. Um, a little bit formulaic, um, kind of as a, after the first couple episodes, but uh, you know, way less formulaic than Clone Wars, and with way better everything than Clone Wars, especially those first couple seasons of Clone Wars. Uh, this really kind of picks off, you know, with like season seven of clone wars level of good um so i love this show have you gotten around to it at all i have not because i didn't love the bad batch um arc of the newest season of clone wars Mm, um i just felt like the humor attempted with the bad batch didn't land for me and i was i didn't mind their characters but the like humor didn't land for me so i wasn't sure what uh kind of direction they go with it but I don't know if this is a big spoiler, but I did see that Cad Bane was in some episodes or something. Yeah, the last episode I watched, he's revealed at the very end. And I love Cad Bane. He's like my he's probably my favorite character that they introduced in the like Clone Wars series. 
So I mean, like Ahsoka, but okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Besides yeah, yeah, Ahsoka, yeah. now that she's crossed over into into live action, I feel like she's just like cemented as a Star Wars character. But like as a one that's been purely on animated only, I feel like he's probably my favorite. Um, so I was yeah. excited to see him back in something else. And I mean, I've been I like Kevin so much. Like when Mandalorian was coming out, I was me and my friends tried to work out how they could get a live action Cad Bane in the series and still make it work in the timeline or whatever. I'm not sure that is possible, but um, yeah. So I'll definitely have to check it out, especially now that Cad Bane's in it. I mean, depending on, I don't know if they plan on like you know, I I don't think he they have an official established end of his timeline. So like. I wonder if he'll make an appearance in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. That would be amazing. That'd be wicked. Um, all right. Uh, and then uh, the last two is I love My America's Got Talent. I, I know everything. And, I, and I've, I've said it before. You just got to you just gotta DVR the show and fast forward through half of it. But there's just like something about seeing ordinary people do incredible things. And how people overcome trauma and loss and... Um, overcome things that are meant to put them down. Um, I just, I just love, I love that. So, um, so I, I just love this show. Um, and me and, and I love watching it with my wife. Cause we're both like seeing people that come up and are just solo singers. And we're like, I don't like you because you could go to American Idol or the voice or the X factor or one of any other million vocal only shows, like do something original or like, yeah, there that are, like, was- I used to watch the show. That was always frustrating to me, especially when like a singer would win. And I'd be like, there's people doing crazy, amazing things, like odd talents that should probably win over a singer. There are a lot less, um, there are a lot less, uh, like just singers this season. And I don't know if it's because they're trying to like put fewer through because like last year, a spoken word artist won. And so they're like, Oh, that completely opens up a whole door. And people, you know, people want to see original things like that. And, uh, you know, and the year before that, um, well, a singer one, um, uh, but he was also a piano player. Um, and then, um, the year before that, a magician one. So like, I want, or like, the, and then the year before that, like, a, a ventriloquist singer one. So like lots of really interesting things are happening. So I wonder if they're just like, I don't think people are watching this for the solo singers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, or at least like people are at least willing to to take um, new people to take uh, um, to take people that are um, yeah to take people that are um, doing something different. So um, yeah, I think uh, I'm I think I'm happy that that that's happening. Um, or not, I think I'm happy. I am happy that that's happening. I just wish can we just please establish a rule that. Um, that singers, solo singers, aren't allowed on the show anymore. Um, that would that would make me happy. And like you know, even like my wife is a dancer, and we were talking like about some of the small dance groups. There's like, well, there's so you think you could dance, but apparently that show got canceled. So, <laughs> um, or not so you think you could dance. Was the uh, the like, oh, what was the other one? Um, I think so you think you could dance, but canceled for a while. There was another dance show that had like Jennifer Lopez and oh, Julian. Yeah. Hunter. And that one got canceled, so mm-hmm. um, I got to think. Anyway, um, so like I guess now that there's not really an avenue, or like Last Comic Standing isn't a thing anymore, so I'm totally okay when um, uh, totally okay when like stand up comics come. But like they also had a bunch of uh, uh, a World of Dance that was the one just got canceled. Um, 
the they just had like there was a there's this combination these people the Sklar brothers came on and did it but like they had a Comedy Central presents like ten years ago like mm-hmm. I don't think they should qualify and then like freaking this week's episode freaking Michael Winslow came on like the voice dude from Police Academy it's like how on earth does he qualify for this show <laughs> so anyway. Uh, and and I'll move on to my other reality show. Um, I've been watching Crime Scene Kitchen. Have you heard of this show at all? I have not heard of Crime Scene Kitchen. All right, so is it's it kind of like, like a Restaurant Impossible type thing? I don't know what that is. It's like they brought uh, this big scary chef in to save these restaurants who are being mismanaged. Is it like something like that? No, but I want to watch that now because that sounds like Bar Rescue but with restaurants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, which I love me some Bar Rescue. Um, so this is a hosted by Joel McHale, which he winds up being really perfect for this role. Um, what they do is there are six teams and the six teams get to examine this kitchen that something has been made in it and you have to use the clues to figure out what has been made in it. And then you have to try to replicate it. And so it's interesting because what has been made. You have to figure that out. And if you don't have an extensive dessert knowledge, your baking knowledge, you maybe won't know. Um, but then there's also things where they're like, well, this could be made in two or three things. So it's really about finding all of the clues to form the whatever the dessert was. Um, so there's that. Uh, but then there's also an element of like, you have to know how to make it well. And then it, it's a matter of this isn't something like chopped where it's like, here's a bunch of ingredients. Go make the best possible thing with these ingredients, which like, I love Chopped. This is, we don't want you to put your own spin on it. We want you to replicate what was made. And so, like, there's this couple, this is grouping. They're not a couple. That, um, um, they're my favorite people this season, Louise and Natalie. Um, and they are um, bakers in Las Vegas, like, for some big place. Um, so, like, they're some of the best of the best. And the first time they made something, they made something, but like they made it extra. They made it Las Vegas style. And they're like, yeah, you might be going home because like you didn't make it at all what was specified. It's like, we're not going for your version of this. We're going for you need to replicate this exactly. So it's like, it's kind of interesting because it limits the bakers in a way. Um, but it also like just makes it a little bit more focused and a little bit more like anybody's game, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really like this show. The finale is next week. Um, actually the finale is the day that this episode airs. So, um, worth watching. It's only nine episodes. Um, would highly recommend it's, it's on Hulu cause it's a Fox show. So gotcha. crime scene kitchen really like it. All right. That's it. What are, what are the other ones you got? Um, right now I'm watching Dave. I watch that on a week by week basis. Um, I think little, little Dickie's funny. I, I thought he was funny as like a rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm actually been, I've been pretty impressed with his transition to TV. Okay. Um, I think season one of the show was, there was a couple bumps at the start, but it found a groove about halfway through and season two's kind of continued on that. And season two has been really, really good so far. I've been really impressed. Um, yeah. Man, so, something about FX shows really hitting their stride in season two, like, what we do in the shadow season two is so much better than season one. Oh my gosh. Which is, I was, which is saying something. I was literally just rewatching uh, episodes of what we do in the shadow season two, because I was just like this. I remember th- this season's so good. I'm just rewatching it. And like, the other day I was just like, I feel like watching what we do in the shadows. Yeah. I might rewatch the whole show 
like before season three comes out because my wife caught a couple episodes here and there and she's like oh this is really funny i was like yeah you should watch it all with me <laughs> so i don't even know when season three is going to come out but i think it comes out in like september or october something like that i thought they said i just i don't i don't know i don't keep up on these things i just wait until hulu says it's here um, september 2nd is the season three premiere well I guess I'm going to start watching it all soon. Also, I'm about to start re-watching Ted Lasso Season 1 because Season 2 starts this week. I'm about, I was about to say, I got to get uh, back on my Ted Lasso grind soon. Uh, yeah. Season 1 was season one was phenomenal. I watched it in like a day. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then I'm also watching uh, – well, I'll be watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine week to week. It premieres in, in the next month as well. Yeah. Oh, I'm so ready for it. Same. And then I'm a huge reality TV fan. Um, and right now I'm working my way. I'm watching week to week. I'm watching The Bachelorette and uh, Love Island UK. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you're a fan of mindless reality television, Love Island UK is the best example of that. It's I am not, amazing. but my wife, my wife loves these. Like She binge watched all of Too Hot to Handle in like two days while I was gone. Yeah, like, I, I did the same. Kind of I did the same thing too. I just, <laughs> I just watched Too Hot to Handle. Um, Love Island UK has almost perfected the formula of like one of those like cheesy, dumb like romance reality shows. And they take like twelve attractive British people and they put them in this like resort and they don't let them leave. And there's cameras everywhere, and it's like a borderline nature documentary because. All they do is like fight and make out with each other, and it's amazing. It's so entertaining. Like I literally can't stop watching. It's so good. Nice, nice, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm all out of stuff because yeah, all the stuff I watch on a week to week basis just is kind of I haven't yeah. So, um, all right, I added uh, two shows, to, three shows to my queue, but we already mentioned Atypical um, because the new season is out. Um, two of them are um, the Patrick Star Show just started. On Nickelodeon and like I'm, I'm willing to give it a couple episodes see if it's gonna be worth watching um, I like Patrick I like Spongebob you know mm-hmm. it's kind of amazing it's taken this long to get some Spongebob spinoffs but um, that is you know, true. I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot we'll see um, and uh, and then the other one is Wellington Paranormal which I'm really excited about um, because Alice was talking about this with me so this is um, have you heard of the show at all I have not okay so this is made by Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement. Um, okay. Be- because uh, the movie What We Do in the Shadows uh, has, like, a group of cops that, like, come in and try to investigate some of the stuff, right? Yeah. And they're kind of silly and goofy and, you know, very much Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi. Oh, right? I remember. Yeah. The show is based off of them. Okay. And because it's... Because it's um, made by Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement, um, they came out in New Zealand and Australia, and it hasn't been available in the U.S. Uh, legally, so I haven't watched it, um, and I've just been hoping and waiting. But they're they're releasing it on the CW like weekly, like they're releasing it as if it's a just regular new show. Now my hope is they're just going to release season one and two, just boom, 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 and then hopefully. Like, when season three comes out, if there is going to be a season three, I don't know, I guess. You know, hopefully, like, premiere it worldwide uh, mm-hmm. at the same time. I don't know. But, like, 
at least for now. Like I was expecting them to just dump it on Hulu or something like that at some point, like the existing seasons. But they're premiering them on CW, so it's not like a new show, but it's new for the U.S. And so I'm really excited. Like, man, I keep on saying all these shows that are next for me to watch, and like as soon as I finish Resident Alien, like probably jumping straight into Atypical because I can watch all of it right now. And then I'm probably going to jump over to uh, Wellington Paranormal. I'm so excited for this show. And Alice says it's just a delight. And uh, I'm here for it. It's on HBO Max because CW. Um, but there's only like, I think, three episodes at this point, And they'll come out weekly, I think, on Sunday nights. So there you go. That's my that's the two shows I added in my queue. Um, what about you? Um, my The shows in my queue are... Um... Bo Burnham's Insiders isn't really a show; it's more of a movie. But it's it's on my it's on my list. I'm kind of ashamed that I haven't watched it yet. I've heard nothing but good things. Um, I just yeah, have not taken the time to sit down and watch it all the way through. Yeah, it's great. You really got to get yourself in like a headspace for it, though. Like, yeah, I don't know that anybody was prepared for that. Like, because I was watching, I was like, oh, Bo Burnham, and like, yeah, he did it during quarantine. But like, certainly, it's gonna just be a stand-up special, and it's. It is, but it's more of a documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's excellent though. Yeah, sure. and then um, Secession is my next next up. Yeah, uh, Secession. I've seen season one. I just haven't gotten to season two yet. And they just released a trailer for season three, and it was kind of like a, a kickstart. Like, oh yeah, I need to I need to watch that. Um, cause season one was amazing. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And then also never have I ever is just this like kind of cheesy, funny sitcom on Netflix, um, about a Indian girl growing up in America. Um, and I thought season one was surprised. It kind of surprised me by how like actually funny it was. And they just dropped season two at the same time as a typical. So once I finish a typical, I'll move on to that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, a secession will be one I get around to at some point. Mm hmm. Uh, and my favorite show of all time is HBO's Watchmen. What's yours? Um, I mean, my favorite favorite comedy of all time is Psych uh, from USA. I, I think partly because that was just one of those shows that when I was first growing up and watching TV, it was like one of the first ones that I kind of like would watch on a week by week basis. Mm-hmm. I'm also a sucker for a good like uh, mystery show. And that's like a comedy mystery. I just really love that show. I think it's super good. And then drama, I didn't even put a drama down, um, but my favorite drama is probably the Watchmen HBO series as well. I I literally, maybe once every two weeks, I recommend it to somebody. Like if yeah, it, I just, to- it's somehow in conversation, I work my way into telling somebody they need to watch it. I need to watch it again because like, I saw it as it came out, but it's just like, it's not. It's not a big, you know, task. It's not a big undertaking. So. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also, I'm rewatching Chernobyl right now. So. Okay. Yep. That one is amazing as well. Yeah, Chernobyl's so good. We, I just like the group of guys that I meet with from my small group. Like, we just finished reading a book that was like really dense, and we're like, we just kind of want a break, so we're just watching Chernobyl before we start a new book. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love Chernobyl. Uh, but yeah, I, I need to I need to sit down since I'm rewatching Chernobyl. I need to sit down and rewatch Watchmen as well. Yeah. Um. Cool. Uh, you already mentioned your TV hot take being that uh, Loki's the best Marvel TV show. Uh, here's mine. Um, I think that having cable is better than having any sort of streaming live TV. Um, 
I made the switch to Hulu like a year ago, Hulu Live TV, just because like cable prices keep going up and like Hulu stagnant. Plus, like since I switched over to Hulu, now I get now I also get Hulu shows for about what I was paying for DirecTV, and like I'm sure I'd be paying a lot more for DirecTV right now. But it's just like I literally never channel flip, and mm-hmm. like I really only use Live TV for the DVR feature and sports and. Yeah. I don't, but like I used to use it all the time. Like I would just throw on like Impractical Jokers all the time. Like while I'd be like cleaning the house or whatever. Um, I would prefer having a cable box again um, than having Hulu Live TV. But um, I'm certainly certainly happy with where prices are at. Yeah. Um, to keep Hulu with Live TV, but I don't know. It's just something about something about the the cable box. Just especially because like my parents are older. And so they have no idea how to work my Hulu with live TV when they're up visiting. And, like, my parents are those that, like, you know, get them to sit down and they're probably going to throw something on. So it's just, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, they won't they won't watch the Hulu. So, um, I don't know. I just prefer prefer my cable box. But I prefer the prices of Hulu live TV. So that's mine. Um, sweet. Well, let's do the B-plot then. This should be relatively short. I have, a, I have four things. Um, I thought last last month I did uh, movies that we wish were TV series instead. Uh, so we'll do the reverse. We'll do TV series that we wish were movies instead. Uh, I have four options. Uh, how many do you have? Uh, I only have a couple. Okay. Well, let me let me start then. Um, I think Captain America and the Winter Soldier, or the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, and here's why. I think, in theory, TV show is the way to go. But in actuality, kind of where this show wound up, I think probably movie would have been the better version. Like I think you know there was the there was the scrapped side plot of a biological warfare, chemical warfare, be it originating in China being used. Like there was that whole scrapped plot, which I'm sure changed a lot of things. Um, you know, and there's the ability for them to explore, like actually explore Captain America wrestling with or Falcon wrestling with. How can Captain America be a black person? Like, loved all that stuff. But I think as it turned out, I think probably uh, probably a movie would have played a little better than a mm-hmm. six-episode show. Yeah. Just just from the final what we got, you know? Yeah, no, I, I could definitely see that uh, kind of paying off better. Especially because, like, I think, like, there's, like, a couple episodes where they, like, kind of weren't sure what to do with several of the characters. It seemed like several of the yeah. characters were kind of in limbo. And yeah. that was frustrating for me as a viewer. Um, but mm. I think if you do it as a movie, there's less less time you have to fill with these characters. And I think it probably would have just helped everything kind of like you said, be a little snappier and like wrap up more efficiently, I guess, without having to like scrap plots halfway through and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think there would definitely be an element of like there would be certainly some things that would have to be cut, some storylines that would have to be cut to, to cram it into a two-hour movie. But I think people would have received it better as a movie than the TV show that we got. And again, you know, lots of after-filming changes have, having to be made and during-filming changes having to be made and you're dealing with coronavirus and all that. So, like, I get it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those finished products. I think TV series, especially with what they were trying to do, was the better route to set things up. But, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Which one you got? Okay. Well, it's kind of funny. You talked earlier about wanting a newsroom revival. I mm-hmm. would love a newsroom movie, like a okay. movie style. You could just pick one historical event 
and have it follow a newsroom re- reporting it. Or you could do kind of like how the show's about in a newscast trying something different from the typical formula of, of what our cable news has turned into. Mm. Either one of those I think would make a really compelling, really awesome movie. I, I struggle to agree with that. Um, I think kind of along the along the lines of like what you said, I think Anchorman 2 surprisingly does a really good job of critiquing modern news. Um, it's not a great movie, but it's ki- it kind of does what you're talking about. I, I, I think, I don't know, I think like at least, in, at least in the way that Newsroom is, it really needs to be a series. But like, you are not saying you wish Newsroom was a TV series or was a movie. You're saying you wish there was like a similar movie, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, uh, no, yeah. I wouldn't want to like undo Newsroom the TV show, but there was just several times watching the series where I was like, man, that you could take this plotline alone and it could be a really good movie about a, a yeah. newsroom. And also, selfishly, since I work in news, there's just not a ton of really good news movies mm. out there. So I'd love for some more to be made. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, I think you could take that Dev Patel arc in season three and turn that into one of the best movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you'd have to cut a lot of. You would have to cut pretty much any other element of the news of, of what's going on in season three, um, or and, and like definitely like you'd have to cut some characters. But yeah, you could take you could take that season three arc and for sure turn it into one of the best things ever made because it is mm-hmm. already. Yeah. All right. Yeah, as long as your answer isn't like, you know, because the question is uh, TV series you wish were movies instead. As long as you're not saying, like, I wish Newsroom was a movie instead. You're just saying, I wish there was something similar to this. No. Uh, yeah, I should probably – most yeah. – uh, minor for the most part, like, it would be fun to see this be made into a movie Movie also. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm selfish. I think I just love TV and movies so much that I wouldn't want to take one away to make the other, but I love like the idea to be played out on the, on the different screen. If that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do my other Marvel one. And then I promise the last two aren't, uh, the inhumans. Um, and this is coming from not having seen the show, but not ever being willing to sit through what I've heard is just the worst trash in the world. Um, the inhumans is such a, such a, like, interesting comic to pull from and could have really changed the game for MCU stuff. Um, could have done what a lot of things were done, but I get, you know, they announced the Inhumans movie and then they got the rights to Spider-Man and they're like, well, we still want to make Inhumans. So let's just kind of push it over to a TV series thing. I just, obviously it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I'm saddened now because will we ever get a proper Inhumans in the MCU? Like, or are they just going to be like, it didn't work. Like, are we ever going to get, you know, a Disney plus TV show or, um, a new movie like are they ever gonna because i don't know that it's officially canon anymore but like how can it not be at this point right yeah so in humans what you got Alrighty. um my second one is i promise i i will answer the actual question but uh <laughs> mayor of east town i wouldn't get rid of the tv show but i i after seeing that i want a movie with kate winslet playing a small town detective okay and I, I'm not the, – the, the TV show is amazing. But, you know, we kind of talked about how most people think the first few episodes kind of drag a little. Mm-hmm. I think you can make a snappy version of that show into a movie and make it amazing, like fairly easy. 
Like it, it wouldn't okay. be super, super difficult. Take sure. out, you just take out, I mean, how you would do it, you need to take out a couple of the subplots, but like you could keep a large portion of the show and put it into a movie pretty, pretty well. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I thought about like saying sharp objects, but like, no, sharp objects works really well because it gets some time to live in the moment. I think it's only four episodes anyway. It's not like a massive undertaking. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong about that. I don't know, but like. You could definitely make Sharp Objects a movie, but it would be a very rushed movie. Um, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my next day, my next one is The Walking Dead. Um, and here's why. Um, I think The Walking Dead at its be- was at its best in the first season when it was only six episodes. And then even season two, I really enjoyed and it was only like 13 episodes. But like the, the longer these seasons got, the more time they got, the more time they had to spend not really actually being a relevant zombie movie um, and having a lot of room to make mistakes. Plus the walking dead was plagued with behind the, behind the scenes production issues with the Frank Darabont thing, which finally got settled. Um, so like, and you can, and you can kind of feel some of that, but I think, I think turn the walking dead into a couple of movies uh, because like, I don't know when or if the show is ever going to stop, but like it's got to at some point, and I feel like movies are a little bit easier and like, like zombie movies are always profitable, and you know, like I think, I think you could easily turn the first season into a movie, and you could easily turn the second season into a movie, and you could easily turn the third season into a movie, and like, sure, they might be three-hour movies, but if they're good, I'll go see a three-hour movie. You know, the largest-grossing movie, the two largest-grossing movie, what three highest-grossing movies of all time are three-hour movies with Avatar, um, Endgame, and. Uh, titanic so like mm-hmm. people will go see it um i just or at least if like if they would have kept the seasons contained to about six episodes but like that's not the point of this i'm just i'm just saying you know make it a make it a movie franchise instead yeah and again hindsight thing it was originally only intended to be a six episode miniseries and then it became the most popular tv show ever so they decided to make more so all right i got one more what's uh what, what other ones you got? All right, I got one more as well. Mine is The Morning Show. Ooh, okay. And this one I actually think would have been better as a movie. And I think you could do two different tones of movies and it would have been better. So I think you could hmm. stick with the original plot and do a movie and probably do it better. Um, because that was another one that I think really dragged. And I honestly don't know how well it served its intended purpose. Okay. Overall, but also the more I watched it, the more I couldn't help but think, man, I would love to see Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell as news anchors in a comedy movie okay. or TV show. I think that'd be awesome. So that is that is my other one. I think it, you could make it you could make a serious toned one kind of like the show and do a movie and make it a lot more um, poignant and relevant and. Like to the point, and or you could do a comedy movie, and I think it'd be hilarious. Okay, all right, sure, I'd buy that. Um, I haven't seen the morning show, but yeah, I don't hear people talking about it much. But maybe if it was a movie, yeah. And I mean, Mark Duplass is like the third, the third guy in it, and we know he's funny too. I mean, if you've oh, ever watched, incredible. yeah, if you've watched the league, then I mean, he's amazing. So yeah, man, I love the league. Yeah, he's one of those weird like has some of the funniest moments in like TV and film, but also has like some really interesting dramatic stuff. 
Like mm-hmm. I think the first thing I've seen from him outside the league was safety not guaranteed. And I was like, yeah, this I was is not the same guy. Yeah, no. I literally when I was watching that, I was like, this is crazy. Like he's actually like pretty good at drama too. It's just impressive. Yeah, and he's an incredible writer too. So mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Uh, my last one is the Arrested Development Netflix revival. Okay. Um, now I really like season four. I liked it the original way. Um, I'm sure I wouldn't mind it the cut up way. I think really I'm more so thinking like specifically season five. Um, so like arrested, but like I don't want to change season one through three. And it, but I think they could work really well as a movie too. Um, but like I don't want to change because I because I love the show. Um, but yeah, like maybe when Netflix picked it up, if they would have just done a couple movies instead, or especially after season four didn't go over quite as well as they were hoping, like just give them a movie to wrap it all up. Yeah. Um, as opposed to season five, which is pretty mediocre. And like, I would love a season six still, but now that, um, Jessica Walters is, I hope, that's That's her name, right? Jessica Walters. Yeah. So. Jessica Walters. Yeah. Okay. Um, now that she, Walter, um, uh, not Walters. Uh, now that she is uh, is passed, uh, it, it would make it, the show a lot harder to do. Yeah. So, and then I know that there was a bunch of like Jeffrey Tambor stuff, but they that was before season five. So um, yeah, and, and Jason Bateman's a huge star now. So mm-hmm. scheduling Michael Sarah too, like it, it'd just be difficult to get them. But like they've come back, obviously. So um, yeah. So specifically, I'm thinking season five. But if we just want to go ahead and say whenever Netflix started making more. That's my answer. Yeah, I could definitely get on board with that. Yeah. This is a lot harder of a question than I thought because every, like everything had a caveat, except for Inhumans. Um, everything had like a, look, these are fine shows, but imagine, you know, if you could trim them and cut them and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, that just leaves the spinoff. Caleb, what is that one thing in pop culture that you really want to tell everybody to check out or to stay away from? Well, I already, well, first. If you still haven't, you should watch the F1 Drive to Survive series on Netflix. I plugged it last time I was here. I'm going to plug it again. But uh, right. no, I already mentioned it earlier, but I'm plugging Harley Quinn, the animated series on HBO Max. You're just doubling down? Yes. It's like – it's seriously – it's like two seasons. They're each like 10 episodes. They're only like 22 minutes long. It's super easy to binge. It is the like funniest and most like on point writing for an animated show I've seen in a long time for mo- like basically any TV show. I mean, I think they're writing a lot of our current culture better than uh, most TV shows out right now. And it's hilarious. The voice work's amazing. I mean, the cast is stacked. You got like Tony Hale and uh, Ron Funches and Lake Bell and Kaylee Cuoco and all sorts mm-hmm. of people, but it's so good. Literally, everybody should go watch it. It's you'll be thanking me. Okay, all right, yeah. Um, like I said, it's 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 coming up really soon for me. Uh, all right, I watched a movie last night. Um, I watched Boogie Nights for the very first time. Uh, this is on Netflix. Um, but it's an older movie, 1998, early Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, and I think I've only seen one Paul Thomas Anderson movie before this which was um, There Will Be Blood, which I'm not as high on as everybody else's. You know what? Me neither. Um, I mean, I think it's good, but I see so many people ranking as like their favorite movie ever. And I uh, don't agree with that assessment. I think um, the third act drags a lot. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And like, look, it's hard to argue that it's like not one of the best movies ever with with one of the best performances of all time. Yeah, yeah. Three different ways, you know. Um, Yeah, but I, I, I just... 
Yeah, I, I don't quite love it as much as most people do. Uh, anyway, I watched Boogie Nights, and I really like this movie. It is, it's one of those movies that I turned on, and like an hour and ten minutes into it, I, I had to pause it to go to the bathroom. And like, I legitimately thought it was an hour and 45 minutes into this movie. Like, but it was like in a good way. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, I didn't want this movie to stop anytime soon. Um, and same thing, like, at about the two-hour mark, it's just like, how is this movie not over? There's so much stuffed in here. And, like, it certainly doesn't feel like a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Um, it feels longer, but, like, in the best way. Um, yeah, um, incredible performances, uh, specifically by Burt Reynolds, who, like, hates himself. He hates that he took this role. Uh, he's terrific. Heather Graham's great. Julianne Moore's terrific. Mark Wahlberg is like about as good as Mark Wahlberg gets, which like isn't fantastic, but is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the writing here is clever. The direction is really the reason to watch this movie. Uh, well, it's one of the reasons to watch this movie. It's um, because he uses a lot of one shots, um, and this maybe like one too many Dutch angles, but like this movie's sh- shot really well. And um, Philip Seymour Hoffman and John C. Riley are, are terrific in their roles. Uh, I really, really, really like this movie. And um, it's, it's, it's got a lot of really funny moments as well. Uh, but it also has something to say um, and has some really, uh, really great scenes like that. So I don't want to, I just, I don't want to like spoil anything or I don't want to, you know, it's a 20 year old movie, 25 year old movie. Uh, but like, I know there's a lot of people that haven't seen it because it's about people working in the porn industry or, you know, they're not Paul Thomas Anderson fans, but I really like this movie. So um, that's my recommend. All right. On that note, uh, that's a wrap. Quick reminder that Civ Pop Riders Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by checking out Studio DNA in your podcast player. Uh, if you're interested in writing for SivPop.com, you want to get in contact with us, send us a question to explore during the B-plot, then you can email us at writersroom at SivPop.com. That'll be in your episode description down below. And you can also contact me via Twitter, um, at Schweitcastle or give me a follow on Letterboxd to keep up with all my movie opinions. And please don't forget to leave a review for the show on iTunes. It helps out the show quite a lot. Uh, but that's all the ways you can connect with me and the show. Caleb, what about you? Where can people uh, connect with uh, with you about F1 stuff? Uh, yeah, um, I'm on Twitter at uh, RealCalebW, uh, Caleb spelled with a K. Um, my letterbox is uh, Real Caleb. Same, right? No, my letterbox is K.A. Wolters. Um, all lowercase. And then my Instagram is uh, K-W-O-L-T underscore 50. And those are my uh, socials that you can find me at. Sweet. Well, hey, as always, it's been great having you on. Really appreciated uh, chatting some TV with you. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, and um, next week, I'm talking about um, some goats with Robert, as always, uh, last Wednesday of the or fourth Wednesday of the month. Uh, Sunset Boulevard and eight and a half. So... Here's your one week warning to to catch up with those. Um, and lots of uh, lots of man excited to talk about some Green Knight. So um, yeah, so that's it. And uh, next month, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> we'll have a new writer on uh, Foster to talk some TV. So uh, should be should be really exciting. Um, but uh, you know, uh, that's that'll do it for this episode uh, for this episode. So we'll see you back here next week. <laughs>